you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. And thank you for joining us for HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. Oh man, we have such an exciting podcast and guest ready for you. I am just so excited to introduce you to Michelle Tillis Letterman. I mean, she is a renowned author. Yep, he said it. And she is so excited to share her latest book and give us some additional insights into leadership. And so welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me, Jada. Awesome. Thanks so much. So I really want to learn a little bit more about your your recent book and endeavor. Uh, I believe it's called The Connector's Advantage. So tell us about this. It is The Connector's Advantage, which is simply faster, easier, better, right? So whatever it is you're working on, promotion, uh, new job, new client, new referral, whatever it is, right? You as an entrepreneur as well, get this, right? Growing our business, whatever it is we're working on, we're going to get there faster, easier, and better through our connections. Interesting. Through our connections. Now, I've really, you know, I kind of went down some rabbit holes because you're just, you're so impressive. I love the coaching and you know, speaking and training, all of it that you provide. But, you know, how, uh, how has been COVID-19 from a leadership perspective? I really want your insight into how has this pandemic impacted just leaders in general? I think it's created opportunities. Hmm. And, you know, the, we can look. We were talking before we started and you, you know, you said, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, and, and, and then we kind of shifted around and I said, I can't right. fake it. I can frame it. And that's the same thing that we can do around COVID. We can't fake the fact that this is not a challenging time for so many reasons, um, but we can put a frame around it that helps us view it in a way that works for us. And so I think that COVID can really create a culture shift in organizations that opens us up to empathy and to authenticity and to acceptance of the entirety of our employees' challenging um, (laughs) landscape, right? And and all the demands that are on them. So I think it has taught leaders how they have to connect differently, but that they have to connect. I love what you said. So you said, "I, I can't fake it, but I can frame it. Is that right? That is it. Wow. And I, I think that also from an HR perspective, we're seeing this as well. I mean, even as, you know, in owning an HR consulting firm, a lot of prospective clients are more so reaching out even about, well, how can I communicate better? How can I, you know, be a better leader, help my leaders become better? And I think it's back to even to everything that you're, you're discussing here. So what other insights or, or tidbits do you have that I could, if I pick up your book, how, how is that going to help me? So <laughs> in, in so many ways, right? Like, I'm like, that's a really big question. That's a really um, <laughs> big question. No pressure, okay? Yeah. Um, so the, the subtitle of the book is Seven Mindsets to Grow Your Influence and Impact. And I talk about seven mindsets of a connector that enables us to form stronger and deeper connections with those that we're with. And, and really a connector is somebody who prioritizes relationships. So when we think about leaders, I, I want leaders to think about being connected to their team. A connected leader is going to have higher productivity, higher retention, greater loyalty. And um, the number one driver of employee engagement is the belief that management um, 
is showing the impact of their people on the work, right? So that they believe that their employees are important drives productivity. Productivity drives bottom line. So if we understand that connected leaders are going to have not just a qualitative impact on, on the happiness of work, but a quantitative impact on our bottom line, then the question is, well, how do we become a connected leader? And there's really only two things you need to do. And I, I'm guessing you probably already know the answer because we've been mind reading since we've gotten on this call. <laughs> I love um, <laughs> But the number one thing is you need to show your people you care about them as people. Mm-hmm. And the number two thing is show your people you care about the things they care about. Everything else we do will fall into one of those two buckets, right? So caring about the people and what they're dealing with and their challenges and their environment and their dreams and all of those things. And then what do they care about, right? They care about this opportunity or developing the skill or getting access to this uh, project or, right? So, Mm -hmm. or having flexibility or whatever it might be. Um, And so when we want to have the benefit of a connected culture, we need connected leaders. And I, everything you're saying is making sense. And it just, I mean, you, you put it in such simple terms that it just, you know, it comes across where it, it's so simple, but, you know, if it was, then I don't think that you've written a book about it, right? Like, <laughs> written a book. So it's it's not that simple, but there are actions that you can take, even daily, even in, I think, changing your routine. But what I like that you're saying is that it also starts with that leader's mindset and also making that decision, right, of how to become more connected to the people around them. You know, and, and I think I'm even breaking it down to make it so simplistic, but that's where it starts, right? Absolutely. You know, I was literally about 20 minutes before I got on with you, I was finishing a, a coaching call and the client kept saying, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And I'm like, no, you actually just did it while you were still on this call. Right. I said, but you could have done it better. Right. And so the idea is um, what, what value is the effort? So if the idea is to connect, then, you know, sometimes we have to kind of think about, well, what is the impact of of doing this? And for him, it's kind of like, oh, you're not going to have as many back and forths. You're going to have people want to work harder for you. You're going to have people want to work with you. Yeah. Let me give you an example. That's real. It's interesting. Let me give you an example of this. It's because, so in my firm, so we are hundred percent remote workforce but I do have unlimited vacation time for all of my team. And so when I share that with clients, friends and family, they're like, wait a second, first, how do I get a job? And, <laughs> and then second, it's how in the world do you even manage that? I mean, that must be crazy for you and all kinds of other reactions. And in all reality, I have to force my team to take off. I actually tell them, hey, you haven't utilized time. I need you to take care of yourself. And again, this is me doing it from a, a leader perspective, but why is it that my team, and this is all of them, continue to show up, I mean, work way more than what I'm expecting and telling them to. And I'm hoping it's because I'm priding myself on maintaining that connection with them, right? And I think it's back to the two buckets that you said. And ultimately, I like to say it's, it's coming from a place of care and concern. So whatever they are caring about, I genuinely do care about them. So inadvertently, yes, I'm caring about what they care about. And and it has to relate. Yes, it's relating back into the workplace. But when you care about people and their human experience, 
listen, that can transcend policies and procedures. I like to operate and I encourage my clients to operate with a, a culture of commitment versus compliance. And there's so many things that you said in there that had my brain kind of, you <laughs> right. know, bouncing off the walls. Um, <laughs> because when we think about people, there's old theories of motivation, you know, where it is, we need to beat them with a stick because they don't want to work. Yeah. The, the Herzberg theory of motivation is about satisfiers and, and hygiene factors. And when we think about what really motivates people, it's the work, it's mm-hmm. the people, it's the impact. And people want to do good work. People want to do good work. Right. It, it is something that gives us that self-actualization if we want to use Maslow's hierarchy. Right. Um, and, and so if we believe that people are not trying to get over on us, it's very easy for us to say unlimited vacation because I trust you. And actually, that's one of the mindsets of a connector is trust. Yep. And so when you give trust, you get trust. Absolutely. And, and, and so what you are doing is, is placing trust in your people that you believe in their ability to do their job to get things done, and you trust them to take care of themselves as well. I genuinely agree with this. Now, my as an HR professional and as a business owner, listen, there's going to be people that are tuning in right now and they're saying, oh, this is a lot of warm and fuzzy, but I have like, I have even more than 15 employees. I have 50 employees. How do I effectively do this? Well, there, I mean, there are still parameters in place, right? But honestly, I don't even know if my team knows the, those parameters, but they are in the employee handbook, right? There are guidelines, there are policies. And I'd like to say like, you know, whenever you're bowling and you have those bumpers on the, on the side. So there's those in place, right? So here's the thing, you know, this is one policy you're talking about is unlimited vacation. Yeah. And if you look at the research, overwhelmingly organizations that do this find that their employees take less vacation time than more, right? Because that trust and that flexibility and that freedom. And employees actually prefer to have the the payout because they, they want to know that they're going to get it either way. Uh, you know, and sometimes they care so much about the work that they don't take the time. And, and so it's a really interesting dynamic. Now, for all those people out there who are thinking warm and fuzzy, warm and fuzzy, this is not real life. Right. Huge organizations are doing it this way as well. It, it's not about the number of people that you have. Um, that said, you still need to be giving feedback right? So, or feed forward, I should say. And so organizations that are creating a connected culture are connected to their employees. They know what they're doing. They know how they're doing. They know how they're advancing. And if they're not, it is an at-will employment agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Talking my language. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, the goal is to ultimately help this individual improve, right? If there are issues. And then obviously if they're not a core values fit, not a culture fit, things of that nature, then you help them pursue their interests. But a part of that process, if we're, you know, now we're getting all HRE. So mm-hmm. a part of that process is, is the coaching, is the communication and giving feedback. And so, and I also see that a lot of what you're talking about when you're, you're coaching leaders is that it's about clarity and confidence and communication. And again, we're making this sound so simple, but it's the cornerstone of having, I think, productive relationships. And I'll also add one one C, connected communication. Okay, I like it. So what does that mean, what does that mean to you? Uh, so when we're connected to the communication, we're connected to the outcomes, right? It not It's not just the process of I ticked the box, I gave the feedback, I did this, but we're connected to the the goals and the outcomes of the conversation itself. And the... Um, 
you can't see me because you know we're on audio, but I'm I'm making that kind of circular motion with my finger, basically the roundabout where it is. I always talk about feed uh, feedback or coaching conversations as um, ongoing, right? It's not one conversation. It's not twice a year. It's not annual reviews. It is an ongoing conversation, and it's I always say think of it in terms of minutes, not meetings. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not by the water cooler these days, but we are on Zoom and it's kind of like, hey, quick check in. And, you know, how's that little thing going? And, and hey, this is what you're working on. I wanted to give you some new ideas on that. And those little moments of, you know, I call them coaching moments, right? Um, I was actually just on a call with my client and his mm-hmm. team of uh, 13 people, like he has his huddles. And they're like, is he getting a grade on this? Mm-hmm. And I said, there's no grading. I said, but there is, um, you know, a, a feedback opportunity. And, you know, he really appreciates the input that you guys have given him. And he wants those ideas to continue. And so that's what we mean by an ongoing coaching conversation is, hey, I'm working on developing this skill, whether it's up, down or sideways, right? Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the, th- the ways I'm going to try to implement that. And hey, any other ideas for me? That's a great technique anybody can put in place that's very tactical. Yes. I recommend if you're listening right now, you need to back it up and re-listen to this. Take some notes because that was very valuable information. And, you know, if I was listening right now to to our podcast, I would say, wow, I am listening to an individual that is very thoughtful, profound. What is your history and background? Like, how did you even get here? And so I'm doing things a little bit different. Obviously, I know you're an accomplished speaker and trainer and coach, but I think that you should tell our listeners, our audience about who you are and where are you today in your career. But tell us a little about yourself. You're going to laugh. I'm a recovering CPA. (laughs) I can't even tell. Wow. Wow. I spent 10 years in finance. I was the only woman on the trading floor. I was the only woman on a global venture capital team. I was in finance in the 90s when you weren't allowed to wear uh, pants or red nail polish, which uh, you can't see it, but I'm wearing them right now. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, so it was a very interesting time. And, and when you're a woman in finance in, in the 90s, uh, the lack of effective communication and effective management is in your face. And when I was managing $100 million for a bank and I had people trying to get me to invest and I'm sitting across from them going, no, this is not how you pitch. This is not how you communicate. This is not how you connect. And that's kind of how it started was me kind of telling my boss, let me teach them how to do this. And I actually started for the bank training the staff. Oh, wow. Um, And then kind of started doing stuff on the side. And then I got appointed to be a professor at NYU's uh, Stern School of Business while I was still at a finance job. And I started building my business on the side. So I am like you, a CEO. I've been in business since 2004. And, um, you know, it's it's amazing. I think back, like, I can't imagine working for somebody else again. Um, <laughs> but it was much easier to working for yourself. So um, in 2011, my first book came out called The 11 Laws of Likeability. And I've written four books. My latest, The Connector's Advantage, came out in 2019. I now do international keynote speaking. I do coaching training. I have a team of a couple dozen facilitators and coaches that I leverage to help fulfill the needs of my clients. And it's a pretty great life. Listen, I know we just met, but I just have this overwhelming feeling of, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I mean, 
it's not it's not easy, you know, what you've done, what you've accomplished, and you've you've also been named by Forbes as one of the twenty five professional networking experts. That's quite an accomplishment. So, congratulations on all your success. Now, if our listeners, well, I know that they're listening and they're thinking, how do I get in touch with Michelle? So, how would we reach out to you? I love it when people reach out to me, and you have to tell me that you heard me on HR After Dark. And you, the best place to start is my website, which is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Tillis, T-I-L-L-I-S, Letterman, L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N.com. From there, you can get to my LinkedIn, which is my favorite of the social media, as well as all those others. You can get to my YouTube channel. I do videos and little success shorties. I'm four foot 10. We'll talk about that some other I'm time. Four foot 11. We have so much in common. I'm telling you, I feel like I met an old like a new old friend when I started talking to you, like, like we both felt it. Um, you're, you're my new old friend. So um, four, four, 10 and a quarter. I four, round. four, 11, three quarters. Oh man. I would just round that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, tried to right. tell, I tried to tell DNV I was five feet and they're like, no, you're not. I'm like four eleven. We're like, no, you're not, but we'll give that one to you. <laughs> um, so what else? Oh, so when you go to my website, um, you can get a lot of goodies. I give away a lot of goodies. So you can sign up for my connected um, community and um, we give free chapters of the books. We give a video series. I do, I have quizzes on what level connector you are, all that fun stuff you can find right from my website. So um, please reach out. And we actually even have a, a special on the latest book where I sign it, put a bookmark in and uh, send it off to you. So I think you'll put a link in the show notes for that. That's right. That is right. I don't know. I feel like everything I'm about to say next, you actually say it. So, um, I mean, I really should have just said, you know, take it from here, close us out, but (laughs) you've been fantastic. And yes, we are going to place all of your, um, the links to in your info and how to get in touch to our various social media channels, um, as well as in the description. And so I can't wait. This is just the beginning of our conversations. I can't wait to even have you back for many more books and topics to come. So Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us. Thanks for having me on. And to our listeners, we hope you can get some sleep tonight.